Hey, 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 what's going on, Podcast Nation? It is Jason Harris here, and thank you for joining me on another episode of the Matador Yacht Cast. Yes, I said Yacht Cast, not podcast. That is because we are here in beautiful Tampa, Florida, right outside of the Digital Dealer Conference, where I get to bring amazing guests over to this gorgeous-looking yacht, and I get to ask anything and everything I feel like asking them when it comes to the automotive industry. Welcome to the Matador Yacht Cast. Tune in for everything you need to know to stay in the know regarding the automotive industry. Here's your host, Jason Harris. But I have a cool crew with me. I got the Fix Ops crew with me, and I love talking Fix Ops. You know what? I don't get to talk about Fix Ops as much as I would like to, right? So I got Charity, I have Michael, and I have Kaylee with me. Thanks, guys, so much for taking the time to come jam with me. This is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, you know, before we kind of get into our topics today, though, I always like kicking off these podcasts with a little origin story. A, because I'm always super fascinated because I don't believe anybody ever wakes up one day and goes, hmm. I should be in the automotive industry. So I love hearing about that. So if you can introduce yourself and tell us how you got started in the business, that'd be great. Charity, I'll start with you and I'll work my way down to Kaylee. Sure. Um, well, my name is Charity Dunning. I'm the CMO at Fixed Ops Marketing. And um, I just happened to meet the right people at the right time. That's how I got into automotive. I've been in marketing for 16 years, but I happened to bump into uh, Rick Eckert and Russell Hill, and they hired me to launched their marketing department of their new startup fixed ops marketing and we're we're a rocket ship now awesome man and you are right i mean i think fix ups is a rocket ship right now and what you guys are doing over at fix up marketing is actually something pretty cool michael for yourself tell us a little bit about you and how you got started in the business um michael perry um i've been in sales all my life i'm the sales director for fix ops marketing um i sold everything from long distance to um, I'm going to move your mic up just a little bit. There we go. Uh, yeah, now I can hear you. Go. There we go. My first one. So. <laughs> um, yeah, I've sold everything, but um, I was coming off of a job selling like local TV commercials during an election year, and I, I really wasn't having that. It wasn't a very great job, so uh, I got in front of Rick and Russell just like her, and uh, the rocket ship is, is, <laughs> is, is, is it's really legit. It's so. legit. That's awesome, man. Thanks. Yeah. Hey, Kaylee, for you, I know you got an interesting origin story. Yeah. So <laughs> my name is Kaylee Filio, and I'm the sales and marketing manager for Parts Edge. And I got into the business about 10 years ago. My, um, my bosses now, they were my regular customers at the Subway restaurant that I was managing. So <laughs> they offered me a job kind of by asking uh, if I knew anyone <laughs> looking. And uh, so I took the opportunity and um, here I am now I'm doing the sales and marketing because I found that that's something that we really need. And I, I thought we, we had such a we have such a niche service that mm -hmm. I wanted to really help spread the word. So that's yeah. awesome. Well, I'm glad they found you in the subway um, <laughs> or at sub, <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? Anyways, there we go. <laughs> There we in go. The I guess you do have to kind of um, clarify that, right? Like, well, I did like say subway in a subway. I think, I, I think I did. Yeah, she, she did. did. She did. She did. She did. Now, she did. I, now she I understand did. why that you had to. Yes. yes. <laughs> they found me in the subway. I love they found me in the subway. That's awesome. <laughs> in San Diego. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, uh, man, so much has changed. Like, they talk about changes, right? Uh, the last 24 months has been absolutely crazy. Our entire industry fundamentally has changed from people, from processes to technologies. I mean, we're seeing departments run with smaller amounts of people than we've ever seen in the past. We've seen profitabilities. We've just never seen just so many fundamental changes. But I'd love to kind of get your guys' perspective of what you think has been some of the biggest changes that you have observed in the last 24 months. Charity, I'll start with you and I'll work my way down. Sure. Um, 
Well, I I work at home, and I have since the beginning. So COVID didn't. Oh, I said the c word. No. Uh, the pandemic didn't really affect me the way that it did a lot of people that have to go to the dealership and work. So, I would say though, before the last couple of years, it it would be really unusual to have meetings via Zoom or to have podcasts sort of on a regular basis remotely. Um, quite frankly, it would be very unusual to have children running around your feet, babies crying in your lap, dogs barking in the background. But now it's commonplace. I think it's really understood that people are at home with at home um, things that happen. And it, it's it's more accepted now. I agree with you 100 uh, percent. The lifestyle from, you know, I mean, at one point in time before, well, before the pandemic, you know, I was driving three to five thousand miles a month. You know, I don't think I, I don't think I've put that on in you know probably a year now. No, I'm just kidding. I probably don't remember that. Your car, hey, thank you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, Michael, for yourself, what are some of the biggest changes you observed in the last 24 months? Well, I mean, obviously the the inventory. I mean, that I mean that's that's like a a no brainer, right? Mm-hmm. No brainer answer. But what dealerships are are, cha- are changing their focus to um, to the fixed ops department um, and parts departments and service departments um the focus and i mean the profitability through dealerships is at an all-time high so the focus is is helping is switching a a little bit over time Mm -hmm. to i mean they can get parts right they can they can do oil changes they can do brakes so um i think the focus within the dealership is changing which goes hand in hand with 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 what we're doing Mm -hmm. so um I'm ready for it to continue to change. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> hey, Kaylee, for yourself, what are one of the, some of the biggest changes you observed in the last 24 months? I would say the conversations. So mm, okay. as as six years ago, you know, when I started the sales process with Parts Edge, I really focused on parts managers and how can I talk and speak their language. And, and I would try to talk to general managers or dealers and, they would always, you know, we got a good handle on it or my parts manager, just go talk to my parts manager. Whereas now I'm talking to dealers and general managers of how can we make this more efficient for our team? How can we support them? How can we do better? Because we have less people. We don't necessarily have all the parts we need. So that's, I really think that's how it's changed is they're putting this new focus on like, okay, this is the second largest cash investment that we've made. How can we make more money with this? <laughs> exactly, right? How can we make more money with this? Now, that has been a fundamental change, right? It's it's, it's um, really diving into those people in the processes, right? And and seeing what, how, we, I feel like we, we've we we've taken kind of that wet towel and we're like, we're going to stretch every single little ounce that we can out of it. And I think that's absolutely what's necessary. You know, I think moving forward, you know, there's a lot of, I would call them snowballs, right? You know, that started during the last 24 months and I hope continue to kind of develop and move uh, you know, through our industry, you know, f- for the next five to 10 years, you know, what are some, what have been some of the big changes that you kind of hope that that will stay? Because, you know, here's what happened with changes, right? They don't always solidify, right? So, you know, what are some of the things you, you'd like to see continue to happen within the automotive space? Charity, I'll ask you and then I'll work my way down. Sure. I think that over the last couple of years, the service department has begun to pay more attention to their service marketing, to their mm. service website, to their social media marketing, 
and been more open to adopting new technology um, like video marketing, uh, automatic distribution, instant distribution, um, quick production. Everything was, there's been so many awesome tools developed during the last two years. And I think people are really open to seeing what those are and using them in their service marketing department. And I would like to see that grow. I, w I love to see people embrace their marketing because it makes such a huge difference. Coming from a CMO, I'll tell <laughs> you that embracing your marketing and your service marketing department will go miles in helping you not only retain existing customers, but also acquire new customers. That's a hundred, a hundred percent, right? I think, you know, and that's definitely, I think, something I've seen, you know, with with, uh, you know, ad spend budgets being, you know, smaller and smaller and smaller. You know, we are spending a lot more time questioning ourselves. You know, what are we spending that on? How is that? How impactful is that? That is, you know, that that ad spend waste. You know, that it always kind of exists in the automotive space, I think is really almost kind of non-existent right now. And I hope that doesn't change. You know, I hope it's just because the inventory levels come back and business starts to come back to normal, that we don't just go back to this old model of just, let's just keep throwing money at it and hope something's gonna happen, right? We keep the strategic mindset that's been created. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Michael, for yourself. I got a question about something you just said. Absolutely, about. go for it. Do you think that the inventory levels are gonna change? I mean, do you think, I, I, well, I personally. I, I think every OEM is going to be slightly different. Right. You know, I mean, I think you look at some OEMs that have just always focused on uh, major volume, and that's just going to be their, you know, their their model. I mean, if yeah. you look at, like, the Chryslers of the world, I, don't, I think they will go back to their existing model. You know, I think uh, many OEMs have learned uh, what they can do if they're not forcing and pushing inventory down dealers' throats. Yep. You know, I, I think a lot of dealer OEMs out there have always kind of like, look at Subaru, for example. Subaru had been doing this way before the pandemic. Yeah. They're, they're, they're very, very tight, very, very controlled on how many cars that they produce every year. And they don't try to double or triple that. They're like, yeah, we'll go up 5% this year. Maybe yeah. we'll do 6% next year, right? <laughs> but it just is what it is. And their dealer body has been able to embrace that, own that, and do quite well with it. Mm -hmm. You know, I think some OEMs will be forced to continue to do it that way. But here's the downside. Here's the downside. See, between dealers and the OEMs, it's a wholesale retail relationship, yeah. right? So wholesale customer relationships. You know, so at the end of the day, it's like if the manufacturer is able to produce more, they're going to try to get their dealers to buy more. That's just the bottom line. It yeah. just is what it is. But anyways, good question, though. Thank you. Yeah, I like that, um, that philosophy. I think is, is pretty accurate. Um, but as far as other things that I, I see... Um, changing or, or continuing to change is I, I've had a lot of conversations lately with dealerships that um, want to focus more on their team mm -hmm. um, and make sure that I mean because good employees are harder to come by and I think that they're starting to realize that um, that it's going to take a lot more effort it's not the old car salesman philosophy anymore where yes. just do your damn job and be quiet <laughs> and go sell cars right um Whatever you have to do, just get the job done. So I think that the, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, the, at, not the atmosphere, but the, well, the, the culture. The yes. Like the culture within dealerships is starting to, to switch more to an employee focus. And I think with the, the generations out there right now getting into the car dealership business, um, I think that's going to be needed. 100%. Sure. 100%. And I'm with you. I, I, yeah. I, I've seen that snowball change. I think it's still small, but I think yeah. it's going to continue to get bigger and bigger. And I hope it's something that doesn't go away. That's a great observation. Kaylee, for yourself? I would say in the, the parts space, um, what I'm seeing change is dealers aren't just putting 
parts managers in the role and just letting them fail and mm. figure it out mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. make a lot of costly mistakes. I think they're actually looking at a ways to um, train them and support them. And so I'd like to see that continue because if we if we start having more inventory and, and focus more on the sales again, then that parts aspect gets just kind of, it just works, you know, you just let it run because that's the way it is. And someone, someone does it and we don't know how, but they do it. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's what I'd like to see. And, the, and the, just the, the openness of how everyone is communicating and, yes. and networking that has totally changed in the, in the last couple of years. Um, LinkedIn, for example, how we connect in that way, it's, it's totally changed the conversations and it's fast forward everything like 10 times fold. I don't know. No, I, 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 I agree with you. I yeah. agree with you. That, that is definitely a fundamental change that I, I'm with you. I, I think needs to stay and will continue to stay. Hey guys, I know we're getting towards the tail end of our conversation, but you know, I, I you guys have been in the business and you know, some a little longer than others, but I, I think you guys have a very unique perspective on this, you know, because of all these changes that have happened and all these changes that are going to happen. I, I think new people looking at the industry are very unsure. Right. So if 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 uh, there was anybody out there, maybe watching or listening, that uh, might be thinking about getting into this industry, right? What advice maybe you'd have for them? And I will start with you, Charity, and work my way down. Yeah, I would say if if you want to be in automotive, whether on the variable side or the fixed, then go for it. Um, I come from a generation that was told to go to college. Go to college. <laughs> Uh, it doesn't matter how much it costs. Go to college. And um, also that generation of uh, debt that comes with that choice. And I think a lot has been lost in the respect that come with trades, especially um, people who fix vehicles, people who work in part. You can make a solid career and a, a great amount of money working in automotive. And it's, it doesn't have the reputation it once had. It's a very reputable industry that has great people. Look at Jason over here. <laughs> uh, come on into the industry. There's a lot of fun people. And you can find your niche, and you can make a good life for yourself and your family. Awesome. Hey, Michael, for yourself, what advice would you give to someone to think about getting into the business? Be ready to work. <laughs> yes. I mean, yes. you're going to have to work long hours. Um, I mean, I mean, I don't. I'd almost say not to. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I mean, now they're going to have to work hard, and it. But that's the thing. It's it's the industry that it really does. If you work your ass off, um, it'll pay the dividends that you're looking for. Some industries you can just uh, like your your um, what do you call it? Swimming in the water, like doggy paddling, yep. and not getting anywhere. Um, but yeah, if you, if you put in the work, you can make some waves in the in the industry. Absolutely, 100%. Kaylee, what advice would you give? I would say that the auto industry has endless opportunities, and it's not, there's so many places for people, mm -hmm. and you can find your passion, you can find what you're really good at and what makes you tick, because I think that's what all people really are looking for. We want to make a difference, and so I think that that, that is what the auto industry can bring. So if you're thinking about getting into the business, um, just get in, you know, Absolutely. figure Just it out. No, and most people that get in don't leave. So no. That's right. <laughs> and they if become they do lifers. leave, they come back. They're stuck for life. <laughs> Absolutely. Come in, the yacht's great. Yeah, yeah the yacht's great. great. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, guys, thank you so much for taking the time to jam with me today in this beautiful, beautiful Tampa, day, uh, Tampa Florida, sunny day. Um, thank you so much, guys. It was a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you, Jason. Thanks Appreciate for having it. us, man. It's awesome. Thanks for tuning in to the Matador Yachtcast with your host, Jason Harris. 
Don't want to miss new content? Be sure to check out the full podcast library at matador.ai to stay in the know. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe. Happy podcasting.